0: Thank you for being part of the Birth Story community. I am so excited for you to have this book in your hand once you've purchased it and it has arrived. I hope that you will give me your thoughts and feedback and don't forget to take a selfie with your book and post it on Instagram and tag at Podcast. Let's start with elimination communication. Again, how in the world did you learn or hear about this?
1: Well, I had done um, a home birth Q&A or some kind of pregnancy Q&A on my youtube uh channel and somebody wrote in the comments well hey since you're uh planning on all of this natural stuff have you heard of ec you should look into it and i had never heard of it before and i looked into it and just enough to know what you know what it was which is basically instant body training and i was like oh wow that's crazy that's cool and so i like looked up the hashtag on uh face or instagram and i saw posts of Oh, my baby is five months old. He's only ever pooped in a diaper three times in his life, or just mind-blowing stuff like that. And pictures of tons of tons and tons of pictures of babies on toilets and babies on potties and in arms holding them over the sink. And I just, I was like, okay, this is actually a thing. And so I bought the book, and I planned to. Wait, what's it. the book? What's did. the book? I bought uh, Go Diaper Free by Andrea Olson. Okay. And now uh, I'm a certified go-diaper-free coach, an EC coach. Um, So I run support groups here in San Diego. Anyways, so I meant to read the book and to do all this research, and I never got around to it pregnant. So whenever Griffin was born, I just read the newborn sections, like a chapter, and we just winged it, and it worked. Like, he was a couple days old, and we just started offering, we started holding him, like you, it's called the classic EC hold so you hold them um, underneath their knees so that they're in like a deep squat position and they're facing away from you. So their little body is right on your chest and their head is kind of in between your breasts. Their back is on your chest and you just hold them there over some kind of a receptacle like I had this small little potty that I would use cuz I was still in bed and then or if my husband or sister took him like they would just do it over the sink. Because an exclusively breastfed baby, there's no waste in breast milk. So the poop can just get rinsed down the sink. And it's totally like benign. Not a big deal. At least it wasn't for me. And so, yeah, we started just doing it at diaper changes. And it was awesome because I was noticing in the beginning, every time I put a clean diaper on him, he would go to the bathroom in it right away. And that's, um, that's totally normal because, yeah, I took the diaper off. So then he was like... Like a little animal, like oh, now is the time to go to the bathroom. You know, it's like you take the dog out of the kennel. Like they don't want to soil where they're eating or sleeping. It's The same for baby babies are so smart, and so it just worked. And I never even like did all the research. I never did all the naked observation time, which is recommended to do in the beginning. You know, like where you watch your baby naked to see like how long you know has it been since he's eaten, napped, woke up, whatever. I never did all that stuff, I just, I offered off intuition and at regular intervals or at natural rhythms, just like you or me, like whenever you wake up, you know, you usually go to the bathroom before you do anything else or whenever you get out of the car, you know, and whenever you come out of a baby carrier or out of a car seat. So it was just really easy. And the first time he like peed on command, basically for us, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> and then he like, the first time he pooped, I was like, oh my God, like I just saved a diaper. And it was awesome. So it just became like super addicting. And I just started offering it regularly, like at every diaper change and at wake ups. And, and because I don't have any other children that I've, you know, period, <laughs> that I've full time diapered, this was just the norm- what was normal for us. And yeah. And it didn't seem like a lot of extra work because I was not cleaning poop off a baby, which that seemed like extra work. Whenever that would seldomly happen, it was kind of like a big deal. It's like, oh, just run the (laughs) bath, just put him in the bath. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so now he's like 13 months, almost 14 months, and he's been, he poops in the toilet on his toilet seat reducer every day twice yesterday, (laughs) once this morning before his nanny picked him up. And it's really great. And it's just so easy. We're almost ready to stop using diapers. Yeah. So we have like these little training underwear, these really cute little toddler underwear that have like a little bit of extra padding in the middle. And yeah, he still pees in a diaper maybe like 40% of the time because he still does wear a diaper all the time. Now, there's like different levels of EC you can do. You can do it part time. You can do it full time. You can do it during the night. We don't do it during the night. Um, we just let them pee in the diaper at night. But uh, yeah, you don't, it's definitely not an all or nothing thing. You can do it a little bit or a lot, whatever works for your family. And it's really awesome. And it's given us a totally new. Like, level of respect for our kid. Like, he's just so grateful to not be shitting his pants. Seriously, (laughs) Seriously, who wouldn't be? He looks at you and he's just like so happy, you know, and so proud of himself. It's a great feeling.
0: I love it. Well, I was going to share with you, Gracie. So, I was like, just volunteered in an orphanage in Uganda a couple of years ago, and then in South Africa in 2009 and 2010. And at the orphanages in Africa, like, this is, there's an, everyone is elimination communication because yeah. there we there were no diapers. It wasn't just an environmental footprint or I can't afford it. It was like they weren't available and they weren't accessible. And so the kids just kind of walk around. Some of them are naked and some of them have a t-shirt on and no pants. Mm-hmm. And then when I say walk around, I'm like most of them are still crawling around, but they just, yeah. you know, what we would call like nannies or whatever, but the workers at these orphanages would just hold the baby out like kind of over the, the bush or the grass and then they would go to the bathroom <laughs> and then would bring yeah. them back to their chest. I'm like, how is this baby like on cue? And yes, there were still accidents and to clean up mm-hmm. and different things. I mean, it's not foolproof, but yeah. they, you know, in these orphanages, they're able to go for a long period of time with elimination communication from from the time they receive the children in very young ages, even right after birth. So mm-hmm. So it's It's pretty, it is pretty amazing. So I want to go back to, to like co-sleeping and laying in bed for like a month and having someone else serve you and take care of you. And like, this is for sure how it should be. Like one of the things I try to explain to my moms is like going back to work at six weeks is like not normal because then it makes you feel like at week two, you should be out walking and at week three, you should be like doing all your dishes and laundry and you know when really we should just be laying around and drinking warm soups and broths and healing. Exactly. You know? And so to hear that you did this, you know, I'm just so thankful that you had the time, you had the money, you had the resources to be able to yes. do that too. Because there's a big gaping wound in our uterus that's in that's open. And what is the plural for uterus, uteruses, uteri, (laughs) uteri, I was like, I have no idea now that I'm saying this out loud. I usually don't talk about them in the plural, but you know, for all of us, it's like, it's a big gaping wound where the placenta detaches from. And this is why we continue to bleed for, you know, six, eight weeks or whatever. But I always say like, imagine if that, that size of the placenta or that wound was like on your arm or your leg or your chest and someone saw it. They would be like, oh my gosh, lay down. Let me take care yeah. of you. Let me dress it. You know, let me let's yeah. rest until your body heals. And so we just push it. The society just pushes it too hard too soon. So thank you for taking at least the, you know, probably 30 or 40 days for that rest. Yeah. Period. And it was
1: nice not having any visitors. I just free bled. I didn't um I wasn't wearing any clothes. So I would just uh, grab like a cloth diaper insert or a towel or face cloth or something and put it in between my legs. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was really nice. And like, unless it was somebody that I was comfortable being naked around, which was like my husband and my sister. Like yeah. they weren't welcome. And
0: you said your sister did your laundry every it, day for you. That was so sweet so that you could yeah. free
1: bleed. Yeah. And like, even after the birth, maybe three or four days postpartum, I went through like a bout of contractions and like after birth pains that were super intense. And I was, like, doubled over, like, on my hands and knees naked, like, working through this, like, somebody was holding my baby. And I really couldn't imagine, like, if I had visitors, like, family members in my home, and, like, I was feeling this and had to, like, shut it down or, you know, it would have been so uncomfortable and so horrible. And I was just so glad I was, you know, didn't have that, wasn't out of the house, didn't have anybody there. Yeah. I wasn't comfortable
0: doing that around. So It's interesting. Yeah. As we're talking right now, like my wheels are turning because I usually follow up with my doula clients within a week. And I'm like, maybe I should have a discussion with them about not coming to follow up with them for some time. Now, I know they're quite comfortable with me because I'm their doula and they were very naked in, mm-hmm. in front of me for their whole labors and stuff. But, and I'm coming to serve them. I'm not just like coming to like, you know, hang out. Um, well, I think that that's
1: important know? that you're there. <laughs> so,
0: Close after the break, yeah. Right. But yeah, but it's still got my mind thinking like, am I a distraction and I would be better served or am I doing enough of, of caring for the moms within that first week? Because you don't want to disturb, you know, disturb a mom, but, um, But yeah, so I'm going to think about that a little bit more. And so let's move on to part of that and that resting and laying in bed is Mm co-sleeping. So let's just hear about what your version of co-sleeping looked like with an infant, looks like now, you know, with a 14-month-old and being pregnant. So just share with me kind of what your co-sleeping journey is.
1: Well, I knew that I was going to co-sleep right from the start. We never... Um, bought a crib or anything. So as soon as Griffin was born, he just cuddled up to me, and I started nursing right away. <clears throat> he started nursing right away, and and I knew that just on the breastfeeding, you note, know, like I knew like about, a lot about breastfeeding. Like, probably a lot more than most new moms. Like, I knew that there wouldn't be milk in the beginning. You know, that all he needed was a couple drops of colostrum, but that he just to keep putting him at the breast, any chance he was awake, just keep putting him at the breast. And, and then, you know, that would make my milk come in a few days later. And it did. Um, but um, yeah, so we just like, we just called up next to each other, a side lie nurse. Um, my sister, who has a three year old son, Aaron, the firstborn triplet, she She uh, gave me some FaceTime lessons on that. And yeah, once I figured out how to nurse lying on my side in bed, it really made it easy. And so whenever he was really small, he uh, mostly had his head on my arm Cause you're always wondering, well, what do I do with that arm? You know, that's like, right. where it go to, you know, whenever you're lying on your side. So I would just, I always had a really good pillow to support my back. I would shove it underneath my back so I could let my weight fall back on it, roll back onto it. And I would be supported there on my side and his head would be on my arm and he, you know, he would nurse and he would fall asleep like that. And I just wouldn't move him and he would just stay like that. And then as he got bigger, my, arm like ended up on top of his head on the bed you know and but he was always in that same little nook um, me lying on my side kind of protecting him like around him and i we always slept with blankets in our bed it just felt right to me. I was, um, I kept him down a little bit lower and I would uh, wear a long sleeve t shirt that I would crop really high so I could like easily have breast access for nursing, but that my shoulders were, you know, not getting cold. And I kept him naked, um, just like always doing skin to skin. And then as he got bigger, I started dressing him at night, like not long ago actually, like once he like kind of started crawling around and sitting up a lot and was able. and yeah, because then he just wasn't under the blankets anymore ever. He was always somewhere else. <laughs> and um we made this huge family bed recently. We um ditched our bed frame and put the the king size mattress on the floor and then got a queen, the matching mattress, like the same height. Um so there's a king and a queen on the floor and they each have like their own set of sheets. And they're just it's a wall to wall bed and it's awesome. And especially now that he's bigger and he like, you know, sleeps the opposite way in bed and I can get away from him and get a little <laughs> bit more sleep. They've and always got really their great. feet
0: in my mouth.
1: I'm like, what is happening yeah. here? <laughs> and so whenever, anytime he wakes up, um, I just nurse him back to sleep. And at the time that's just like us going to sleep together with him watched. I went through a time at the beginning of my pregnancy where it was really hurting a lot to nurse. And I just, uh, not just, it was a huge thing. I night weaned him. And I did that for three weeks or a month and it was uh great at the time to I kept him still beside me and I would just comfort him back to sleep or give him a bottle of some other kind of milk, goat's milk or something. But then um as the nursing aversion left, I just started nursing him again throughout the night. It was just easier. And now my milk is gone, but we still nurse throughout the night. Sometimes actually it hurts a lot and it's pretty uncomfortable, but whatever. I'm pretty tough chick. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm like,
0: yeah. Just a power lifter competitive. No, but dry (laughs) nursing is, you know, really where we we remain the pacifier, even when the milk is is dried up. And so I'm Mm -hmm. assuming your, did your milk dry up as soon after you became
1: pregnant? Yeah. It happened around week 10 or so. Like my letdowns were getting shorter and shorter. Like Um, I was able to, I used to be able to feel my letdown or hear him gulping for like a a solid minute. And then they became like really short, like maybe five, 10 seconds. And then uh, maybe three weeks ago, I was just not having any more letdowns. And whenever I hand express, there's like just a couple of jobs that comes out. But yeah, so I'm really just using nursing now as a tool to put him to sleep, the dry nursing. And he's really not super interested um, unless he really needs to be comforted. Apart from that, he's, you know, drinking a lot of water and eating snacks. So yeah, I'm mostly just using it for nap times and bedtime right now, which is great. Which is I know. really good.
0: I love it. I'm like, we were born, we were born with built-in pacifiers. We didn't have to buy them. But yeah, I didn't use a <laughs>
1: pacifier on Griffin. I was like pretty dead set against it, and so I didn't buy any. And I just knew that. He had to have my nipple in his mouth at every waking moment whenever he was an infant. And that's how we were going to have a successful breastfeeding relationship. There was not going to be timed or, um, you know, scheduled like feedings. It was if he was awake, he would be nursing or I would have it on demand for him. And then maybe like every 30 minutes after that. So I was already going into it with that understanding. So it was really not shocking to me that he wanted to nurse all the time or that he would nurse all the time. I mean, it was shocking to extended family members, like maybe on my husband's side, like at uh, Christmas, Oh my god, he's just always eating or he's always hungry. <laughs> <The> baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. No, and, he's like um, suckling and he's
0: soothing and he's calming and he's drinking. Yeah. You know, yeah. here and there. So, well, this earlier in our conversation I said I would circle back to this, but one of the hardest parts of my job is the culture that we live in, right? And trying to every client I have doesn't have, you know, these cool radical views of co-sleeping and nursing you know around the clock and so one of the things as a doula is preparing moms for those first six or 12 weeks. Right. Because Mm -hmm. most everyone is coached on kind of like this timing and, you know, your baby has to eat every two to three hours or kind of, you know, even on demand, Mm -hmm. but one of the, and then how tired they are. And we just kind of perpetuate this, like, Oh, I'm so tired and I'm waking up and it's so hard and, and it is so hard and we are waking up and it it stinks. But I cannot say it over and over again. If you lay in bed and you rest and you nap and you sleep and you co-sleep and you nurse on demand, like you will not be that tired.
1: You're not no, going like to feel like you're hurting. Nap, I'm lying next to him ever yeah. since the day he was born. So that sometimes I sleep. Sometimes I'm just screwing around on my phone the whole time. Sometimes I watch a TV show. Now, sometimes I'll sneak away from him, you know, once yeah. in a while, but <laughs> of the time, I'm lying in bed next to him. And that's, okay, number one, I can nurse him back to sleep anytime he stirs or tries to get up. So we're not having hour naps, we're having three hour naps. And okay, I'm like, very lucky that I can, you know, afford to do this, but I'm here with him. Anyways, like, I can't put my baby down, but it's like, so normal. Like your baby... Does, you know, they want to be with their mom and if you try just napping with them, they will sleep Yes, and you'll be able to be rested. Absolutely.
0: And I just can't say it enough to anyone out there who's pregnant is if your life affords you, you know, time off of work and you don't have to go right back to the office or right back to your job. Like if you truly do like just lay down and sleep with the baby or sleep when the baby sleeps and don't think of it mm-hmm. like, you know, we wake up at six o'clock in the morning and we go to bed at eight o'clock at night. Like that's your old life, <laughs> your new life. Yeah. If you embrace it as a different schedule. Everyone else, you know, there'll be a lot less stress, a lot more rest a lot more, convert so that that first six to 12 weeks can can be easier. It's one strategy that you could deploy to help it be an easier time. And so, you know, part of this episode and talking to Gracie is the platform's education through storytelling. And so we, we don't educate on just one way. We educate on all of the ways because there may be parts of your story that resonate with someone and then parts of a different story that resonate. And then They take all of these pieces and then they put together their own plan, kind of like what you Mm -hmm. did, right? You put together your own plan by taking little bits and pieces from your mom and your sisters and your family and your Instagram and your people in your community. And then you made, you know, Gracie Davis's, you know, this is how I do pregnancy. So that's the encouragement for the listeners today is just listen to all the different things and then figure out what's right for you, your body, your baby, and then make those decisions. And then one thing we just didn't touch on too much was just community nursing. And so let's just talk about it for one second, just to get, let's get the stigma out of there, right? Like um, breast milk is breast milk. In my community, we actually, in Charlotte, North Carolina, there's a lot of breast milk sharing. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's one step in the right direction is that we are um, very open to donating our breast milk and sharing our breast milk with others that whose supply might be low or they may have gotten sick. And so, Mm -hmm. um, but taking it to the next level of, you know, um, anyone can comfort your baby at their breast, if that's something that you're open to. Um, So you've done this, you've nursed other babies, you've let others nurse um, Griffin.
1: Yeah. I mean, it just feels right to me. And uh, because, you know, he didn't take a pacifier, if anybody could Give, give a nipple you know even my husband in the first couple of days would just dry nurse him and because he would just latch on to anything you know yeah. he didn't care and it was nice and uh, I have a friend who, here who has low supply and well when I was still producing milk I would nurse her son so that she could save her donated breast milk you know yeah and yeah anytime I would see him I would nurse him and yeah
0: and then before we go I always ask moms what's your favorite baby product?"
1: Well, we've been using these bamboo diapers since Griffin was a newborn. And like we do EC, but we still, like I said, we still use diapers. These are awesome. They are super fast biodegrading bamboo diapers. The brand is called Diaper D-Y-P-E-R. And it's get diaper on Instagram. And um, I'll send you a link for your show notes delivered to your door once a month diaper service. So these are made from bamboo they're super soft they are like 100 times softer to the touch they are yeah no chemicals no dyes no glues pretty much the crunchiest disposable diaper that um that you can find out there i love them and yeah so they have all different sizes you pay about 65 bucks a month and you get never too many It's like a never too many never not enough. Yeah. Like no, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It's always the right amount. And if you run out or if you're running low on um, bail send, like diapers will show up within like four hours to your door. It's like an SOS service. It's a really great um, thing. I think the usual time is, I don't know, hundreds of years for a normal disposable diaper to break down in a landfill. And these diapers, I'm pretty sure it's like between 50 to 70 days. I forget the exact number of days, but it is it's pretty amazing uh, how they've designed them and uh, we love them and there's a wet strip on them which makes doing ec super super easy than without the wet strip so you can see if he's already peed or not without having to like feel the diaper (laughs) and that's nice so we love them and now griffin is in their pull-ups they have pull-ups and he's uh using those at night because he pees a lot during the night so yeah we love them that's my favorite uh my you baby product, product. All right. Well, I like how that
0: you were like, the, they're the super crunchiest and I like that they break down so quickly. So if anyone listening is interested in learning more about Diaper, D U we'll link it in the show notes so that you could put an order in. Gracie, thank you so much for sharing your story and being on the Birth Story Podcast. And I just am a big fan and I love women that use their voice no matter what their platform is. And I love watching you use your voice. So thank you.